It took the three a whole day's disputation before they agreed to steer a middle course. One son going forth to strike a blow for King James, my lord and the other staying at home to keep in favor with King George. Doubtless this was my lord's decision, and as is well known, it was the part played by many considerable families. But the one dispute settled, another opened. For my lord, Miss Allison, and Mr. Henry all held the one view, that it was the cadet's part to go out, and the master, what with restlessness and vanity, would at no rate consent to stay at home. The lord pleaded, Miss Allison wept, Mr. Henry was very plain-spoken, all was of no avail. It is the direct heir of Durastir that should ride by his king's bridle, says the master. If we were playing a manly part, says Mr. Henry, there might be sense in such talk, but what are we doing? Cheating at cards. We are saving the house of Durastir, Henry, his father said. And see, James, said Mr. Henry, if I go and the prince has the upper hand, it will be easy to make your peace with King James, but if you go and the expedition fails, we divide the right and the title, and what shall I be then? You will be Lord Durastir, said the master. I put all I have upon the table. I play at no such game, cries Mr. Henry. I shall be left in such a situation as no man of sense and honor can endure. I shall be neither fish nor flesh, he cried and a little after he had another expression, plainer perhaps than he intended. It is your duty to be here with my father, said he. You know well enough you are the favorite. Aye, said the master. And there spoke Envy. Would you trip up my heels, Jacob? said he, and dwelled upon the name maliciously. Mr. Henry went and walked at the low end of the hall without reply, for he had an excellent gift of silence. Presently he came back. I am the cadet, and I should go, said he, and my lord here is the master, and he says I shall go. What say that to ye, my brother? I say this, Harry, returned the master, that when very obstinate folk are met, there are only two ways out, blows, and I think none of us could care to go so far, or the arbitrament of chance, and here is a guinea piece. Will you stand by the toss of a coin? I will stand and fall by it, said Sir Henry. Heads I go, shield I stay. The coin was spun, and it fell, shield. So, there is a lesson for Jacob, says the master. We shall live to repent of this, says Mr. Henry, and flung out the hall. As for Miss Allison, she caught up that piece of gold, which had just sent her lover to the wars, and flung it clean through the family shield in the great painted window. If you loved me as well as I loved you, you would have stayed, cried she. I could not love you, dear, so well I loved not honor more, sang the master. Oh, she cried, you have no heart. I hope you may be killed and she ran from the room and in tears to her own chamber. It seems the master turned to my lord with his most comical manner, and says he, This looks like a devil of a wife. I think you are a devil of a son to me, cried his father, 
You that have always been the favorite, to my shame be it spoken. Never a good hour have I gotten of you since you were born. No, never one good hour. And repeated it again the third time. Whether it was the master's levity, or his insubordination, or Mr. Henry's word about the favorite son that had so much disturbed my lord, I do not know. But I incline to think it was the last, for I have it by all accounts that Mr. Henry was more made up to from that hour. Altogether, it was in pretty ill blood with his family that the master rode to the north, which was the more sorrowful for others to remember when it seemed too late.' 